Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi. The interviews in this episode of Go Hard Girls were recorded in September 2021. And some things have changed about the Blue Girl since then. We've updated the script to keep up with these changes, but more recent developments might not be addressed by the girls themselves at some points of the interview. Enjoy the podcast! For us, it wasn't enough to just be the best in Southeast Asia. We really wanted to be the best in Asia and the world. Hi, I'm Siege Tantenko, Puma Podcast. You're listening to Go Hard Girls. What if I told you there's a Philippine team that has never lost in the Southeast Asian Games? The Philippine women's softball team, also known as the Blue Girls, are the undisputed Southeast Asian champions. It's a legacy of dominance that spans four decades. And yet, the team and the sport still remain unfamiliar to a lot of Pinoy sports fans. The Blue Girl's story of extraordinary achievement goes hand-in-hand with their story of resilience, how they continue to fight through the challenges that come with playing an unpopular sport and being a female athlete. Filipino kids usually try out the most easily accessible sports. Basketball is on the top of the list. You just need a ball and a hoop, even a makeshift one. It doesn't even need to be a 5-on-5 game. You can start learning by yourself at home, or you can shoot hoops with some friends at any random court. I used to work for a travel show, and no matter what remote island we went to, there were always people playing basketball. Now, softball? It's a bit more complicated. Not only do you need two teams with 10 players each, but softball fields are hard to come by too. And few schools teach softball as part of elementary school PE classes. So if it's your first time... Softball is a game similar to baseball but played with a larger ball and a smaller field. The rules also vary somewhat from those in baseball. Softball games move at a faster pace because the field is smaller and because the bases and the fielders are closer to home plate. Softballs are pitched underhand while baseballs are pitched overhand. This changes the arc of the ball when approaching the plate. Let's hear from our first guest. So I'm Chaska Altamonte, the former catcher and captain of the Philippine National Women's Softball Team, also known as the Blue Girls. I've been on the team for 10 years now. I am now the Secretary General and Board Member of Amateur Softball Association of the Philippines, which is the NSA for softball in the country. I am also the Vice Chair for the Philippine Olympic Committee Athletes Commission, also a member of the Safe Sport Technical Working Group of the Philippine Olympic Committee. It was tough for Cheska to find a place to play, especially in a dense urban center like Metro Manila. It was definitely limited. Because of the sport and how it's played, you need space, you need equipment. 
there was really just one league as a grassroots program that most of us played in, which is the Little League. And there are maybe five fields that were in Manila that we could play in. Players who grew up in provinces had less problems with space. But for them, equipment was scarce and expensive. Our second guest comes from Cebu. And she has overcome a lot to become the Blue Girls' current co-captain. Hi, I'm Marianne Antulihao, one of the pitcher of the RP Blue Girls. Sa province, mas marami yung place na pwede ka mag-training eh, kasi maraming open field po. Kaso nga lang, ang kulang lang po talaga sa province, equipments po. Softball needs a lot of equipment. Bats, gloves and mitts, cleats or spikes, grip tape, a batting tee. A catcher alone needs knee savers, chest protectors, leg guards, and a helmet. You get the picture. So province naman po, kasi may ano po kami, yung may district meet, may municipal meet. Yun may chance po kami na makapaglaro. Pero yun nga lang po, minsan yung mga participants lang, two teams, three teams lang, ganun po. So hindi mo rin siya yung ganun talaga ka ma-enjoy yung game. Pag softball po, kasi ang daming equipments na involve eh. So hindi po lahat ng schools kaya po mag-provide nun. Kaya ilan lang po na participants yung nakakapaglaro. The Blue Girls also have members who grew up abroad. Their story is different too. Hi, my name is Sky Elazar. I play third and second for the Blue Girls. I've been on the Blue Girls for about four years now. That was Sky Elazar, third and second for the Blue Girls and now captain as well. You might have noticed a difference in audio quality because of the interview being recorded over Zoom. She was in America at the time. We'll be repeating back Sky's parts so you hear them better. Growing up in the U.S., Sky didn't have problems finding a field to play in. Their school even offered equipment that came from sponsors or donors. But even she did not play softball until her teenage years. So I actually played baseball. For Sky played baseball time. first for a long time and didn't play softball until she was 13 or 14 years old. She was then recruited to play at the collegiate level later graduating from the University of Maryland. She's now the head coach at Menlo College in California. Cheska, Anne, and Sky had different experiences playing softball growing up, but the same love for the sport all led them to the Blue Girls. Cheska and Anne, as with most homegrown members of the team, went from Little League, that's a development program for young baseball and softball athletes, to the UAAP, then to the national team. Here's Cheska. So actually, similar to Sky, I also started with baseball at 10 years old. And then around 14, like they started recruiting me for softball. So I'd still play both, but mostly baseball up until high school. And then I really made the switch to softball in college. From there, it's just been one tournament after the other. I was invited to join the training pool for the Blue Girls when I was still in college. I couldn't really commit to the team because the training schedule and the distance from the training field from my school was far. It was just hard to manage. I started in the training pool and then as soon as I graduated, that's when I committed to the team full time. So mostly po kasi sa aming mga Pinoy po na nasa national team, mostly po kasi sa amin nakuha po sa UAAP. So isa po ako doon. Na-invite po ako mag-try out 2014. Tapos try out po ako for two years. Tapos 2016 na po ako, naging part na po ako ng Blue Girls. 
Sky, on the other hand, was a product of the efforts of ASAFIL, or the Amateur Softball Association of the Philippines, to actively recruit Filipino foreigners to the national team. She was invited to try out and join the team in 2016. Sky was actually scouted. So they told us about Sky. We, we scouted her and we wanted to pull her in. So we were like, get your passport now. I know. <laughs> I had to go through some things to get that. <laughs> yeah, she had to go through a lot of hoops. And I'm glad that she did, Sky. <laughs> When you ask Philippine sports fans about the country's Southeast Asian dominance, the first sport that usually comes to mind is, no surprises here, men's basketball. But while our SEA Games championship record in men's basketball has had three silver finishes in 1979, 1989, and this year, 2022, in softball, we are spotless. Softball was not included in as many SEA Games editions as basketball, but the Blue Girls were undefeated in each of the 10 times that softball was contested. With 10 titles since 1979, the queens of Southeast Asian softball have successfully defended their throne for 40 years. I know that the Philippines was one of the strongest teams in Asia. And over the years, when the programs of Japan, China, Korea, Chinese Taipei, like when they started to really work on their softball programs, they really began to overtake us. But we still remained the strongest in Southeast Asia. And that hasn't changed since the beginning. When I first produced the story on the Blue Girls in 2017, I was struck by how much they felt like one solid unit. They gave each other piggyback rides for the group photo so easily that you just knew they were friends who did that often. And their cheer, oh my goodness, it was a wall of sound that tore through the air. Joining a team as dominant as the Blue Girls can be daunting. You feel privileged to be part of history, but at the same time, you feel pressured to sustain the incredible gold medal streak. It was a bit shocking for me um, when I first started playing with the Blue Girls because I've always played for fun and that's just always how it's been like with the teams that I've been a part of coming into the Blue Girls and seeing how serious training was and I was playing with my coaches who have coached me over the years and (laughs) you know it was a bit terrifying in the beginning because it was also having to change my mindset on the sport The international competitions also were at a much higher level. So there was pressure there, but it was pressure I welcomed. Nakaka-pressured po. Kasi dati parang pangarap ko lang maging part ng Blue Girls, eh, ganun po. Nakaka-pressured na, nakaka-proud din po na sa dami-dami po ng mga player na naglalaro ng softball, isa po ako dun sa mga napili po na maging member po ng Blue Girls. It was only fitting that when the Blue Girls gunned for their 10th gold medal in 2019, the SEA Games was held in the Philippines. As head coach Randy Deezer said, it was the sweetest of all their titles because it was played at home court. The Blue Girls felt at home in Clark, Pampanga. They breezed through the preliminary rounds, crushing Singapore, Malaysia, Indonesia, and Thailand. They won by an average of 8.5 runs and gave up only two runs. 
The Blue Girls completed a sweep of the tournament. A 12-0 win over Malaysia in the Page Playoffs and an 8-0 win over Indonesia in the final, ending with a mercy ruling in the fifth inning. Talk about flexing your might and enjoying every bit of the journey in front of your home crowd. Time we are joined by 10-time defending Sea Games champions, our Philippine Blue Girls. Gumawa ng kasaysayan ang Philippine women softball team matapos maitala ang 10th straight crown title sa Southeast Asian Games. Straight Sea Games golden streak by the unbeatable Philippine Blue Girls, the nation's legendary women softball team. I was confident, like I was not worried at all about the championship game. It was just really fun. Of course, there's pressure, but it was more fun than anything else for me. And I would like to think it was the same for everyone else in the team too. Jessica had a lot to celebrate that day. Her younger brother Dino also captured gold with the men's baseball team. Cheska proudly posted a photo with her mom, flanked on either side by her gold medalist children. The caption read, Double gold for mama. Anne agrees, what a treat to win at home. Nung sa SEA Games, kasi as in sobrang enjoy na enjoy po lahat. Kasi syempre sa Pilipinas ka na sa hometown mo, ikaw naglalaro. Ganun po, tas maraming nanunong. While the Blue Girls have maintained their dominance in Southeast Asia for decades, the team has struggled to break through in other major international competitions. The 70s were the Blue Girls' glory days, highlighted by their third-place finish in the Women's Softball World Championship in 1970. The Philippines also ruled the Asian Championship in 1972, finally beating powerhouse Japan in the final after back-to-back runner-up finishes. But then, things went downhill. China and Chinese Taipei have overtaken the Philippines, joining Japan at the top three of Asian softball. The Philippines is currently ranked 13th in the world. Japan is number two, Chinese Taipei number six, and China number nine. Recruiting Filipino foreigners such as Sky was a way to bring the Blue Girls closer to what they used to be in the 70s. Dominant even beyond Southeast Asia. For us, it wasn't enough to just be the best in Southeast Asia. We really wanted to be the best in Asia and the world. 2014 was the first time we started the Philam program. But it was only like later on that we started to really see the results. In 2015, like the team was kind of disbanded. We stopped receiving allowances again after our SEA Games win um, because there was no SEA Games in 2017. You heard that right. The Blue Girls get disbanded every now and then. Despite the team's potential to be among the best of the best in Asia and the world, their fate has been dependent on whether or not softball would be included in multi-sports meets like the SEA Games, Asian Games, and Olympics even if major softball tournaments like the Asian Championships and World Championships occur regularly. Imagine forming a team, training hard for months to prepare for international tournaments, and then disbanding with no future plans in place. That's how it was for the Philippine women's softball team. No national team meant no financial support and no allowances. It was especially hard for the softball team in the 90s before current patron and ASAFIL president Jean-Henri Luillier came in to invest in the country's national softball program. 
I cannot confirm this like firsthand knowledge, but what I've heard from the seniors, yes, that's what happened. They disbanded the team. And then later on, there was even a policy that team sports would only get an allowance three months prior a tournament. So of course, like training for three months before a tournament is really not enough to win the team ever since. Like even if they only get their allowance three months prior, they still put the work in for months before that. But it's hard to also train as a team because it's hard for them to get to the training venues. But they all worked individually as far as I know. And I guess you can really credit that to their passion for the sport. The Blue Girls themselves have also taken the initiative to build a social media presence for the team, with various members doing Instagram takeovers of the account, at Softball Philippines, follow them on Instagram, to help the public get to know them and their sport. Unlike other more popular national teams, which also, quote-unquote, disband and just regroup when international competitions are nearing, the Blue Girls do not have professional leagues to play in when they take a break. Just like many women athletes in the Philippines, they need to take on other jobs that don't involve being out on the field in training. We don't have any semi-pro leagues or pro leagues here in the Philippines. I guess the most is in UAAP. After college, since I we did a training camp in the States for Asian Games and that required me to really be full-time for the national team. But after the Asian Games, I started working for Solar Sports Media at the time. That's because the team was disbanded after Asian Games. And then the team was brought back together for SEA Games in 2015. And that's when I started playing again. So I played for the team for SEA Games. But I was still working at the time. And then after SEA Games, they disbanded the team. So... (laughs) Yeah, so I continued working and then... It was only in 2016 that Cheska could afford to go full-time for the national team again. After the International Olympic Committee announced that softball would be included in the 2020 Olympics, the financial support from PSC or the Philippine Sports Commission became more consistent. We played in the World Championships in 2016. When that happened, that also required full-time training. They said that the allowances would continue. That's when I quit my job at the time, and then I started playing it full-time. After 2016, after the World Championships, it's kind of been straight since then. The allowances stopped for a little bit, and then it continued. And then 2017 was when the full year we had that support from PSC. But it did not take long before Cheska started working again. Not knowing if we had that security or if you know they would just disband the team again, I started working again. So I worked for a Maguire Group with a retail company that owns and operates in Nike factory stores in the Philippines. You know, thankfully since 2017, the allowances have been straight. So we've been receiving that support and that's great. But it's been hard like not knowing if the team is going to be disbanded or not. So you're just never secure with that. You don't know whether or not you can like train full-time with the team or like what commitment you can give or if you want to stay in the team. So we have a lot of, a lot of my teammates had to leave um, during that time when the team was disbanded. In 2015, a lot of them left. It would have been nice if they stayed. It would have been great. They would have been assets to the team if they had stayed. But yeah, I mean, it was a necessity to have steady income and they weren't getting that with a team. 
There's a useful term from gender studies, the leaky pipeline. Women can have the talent and the drive, but without adequate support in their environment, they leak out or leave before they've reached their full potential. In Anne's case, she has been devoting her time to the national team even after graduating in 2018. But the choice between playing full-time and finding a job with steady income became a lot harder when the pandemic hit in 2020. Gumaduate po ako 2018. So that time po, yung support po is good na. So that time po yung nasa isip ko, mag-focus na lang po muna ako sa paglalaro. Kasi bata pa naman po ako ganun. Tapos, dadating din po talaga ikaw sa point na syempre po hindi naman na po tayo pabata. Tapos nag-iisip ka na hindi naman din po pang lifetime yung softball. Pero yun nga, dumating din po sa point na may pandemic. Tapos ang hirap po maghanap ng work. Tapos pag naghanap ka po ng work, mamimili ka, maglalaro ka pa ba o nagtatrabaho ka na. We checked in on Cheska, Anne, and Sky recently. And they've been fortunate enough to continue their careers in softball despite these challenges. Cheska has left her corporate job and stayed on as an officer of Asafil. Anne is a full-time athlete, and like we said earlier, Sky is coaching in California. But I can't help but wonder, how much stronger would the team be if the players who left didn't leak out in 2015? How lucky are we that Cheska and Anne stayed with the Blue Girls despite the unpredictability and the lack of security? It's hard to know for sure. But at least, what we do know is that Asafil's efforts to revive softball in the country began bearing fruit in 2016. Bolstered by the Phil foreigners that the team recruited, including Sky, the Blue Girls competed in the 2016 World Cup of Softball in Oklahoma City, USA, and the Women's Softball World Championship in Canada. They won games against Venezuela and the Czech Republic, but struggled against higher-ranked teams like Puerto Rico, Netherlands, Australia, the United States, and Asian powerhouses China and Japan. They finished 13th in the World Cup and 12th in the World Championship. Still, it was a good sign for the Blue Girls. They were winning again on the world stage. We were traveling. We went to, I think it was Oklahoma and then Canada. We were traveling, it was a big group, and that's when we started winning. That summer was very fun. After how many years did you really start to see that everything was worth it? In 2017, the Blue Girls made a breakthrough. They beat China and Chinese Taipei, two of the world's best, on the way to the final of the Asian Championship. They took home the silver medal, while the reigning champion, world number one Japan, defended their crown. That last day was the most stressful day because it was ladder. So we were fourth. We had to win against China and then Chinese Taipei and then we played Japan for the championship. We played a lot of games that day and everyone was just so tired. We didn't really feel it because we were just so happy that we were able to get there, you know, after after everything. The next ultimate test came in the 2019 Asia-Oceania Olympic qualifiers in China. The Philippines reached the Super Round, or the Final Four of the tournament, together with Australia, 
China, and Chinese Taipei. But the girls had to endure a dramatic finish against New Zealand to get there. It was the last match of the group stage. At the time, the Philippines was ranked 13th in the world, and New Zealand was number 11. Whoever won that game would advance to the Super Round. Both teams were scoreless in seven innings, so the match extended to an extra inning. A single from center fielder Chelsea Suitos allowed runner Sierra Lang to score from third base on the top of the eighth. And it's a hard hit ball. It is performance that he gets. And the arm is lifted by head coach Dissa. He is happy now. The Philippines have taken the lead in the eighth. Boy, oh boy, that's the way you wanted to see them score. That lone run was enough for the Blue Girls to win and keep their Olympic bid alive. Throughout that nerve-wracking game, they relied heavily on Anne's excellent pitching to deny runs from New Zealand. It was like a comeback moment for Anne, who had just recovered from a wrist injury. Natalo po namin yung New Zealand na ako po yung pumukod. Before po kasi talaga nung qualifier po, nagkaroon po ako ng wrist injury po that time. So parang one week pong nagpahinga. Na-off po talaga ako that time. One week before lang po ng tournament na parang doon po parang na-realize ko na parang hindi pa naman tapos yung laban eh. Parang may chance pa ako na kaya kong bumawi. Nakasama po ako doon sa China. Nasa isip ko lang that time po before ng tournament na pag nag-start po talaga yun, ibibigay ko po yung best ko na parang hindi sayang na sinama nila ako, na worth it po na nandun ako sa team. Kaya every game po that time, hindi lang sa New Zealand, gusto kong i-prove po sa mga coaches na kaya ko, kaya ko pong magpakita din. Kaya nung sa New Zealand, Sobrang saya ko na hindi ko po talaga mapigilang hindi hihag si Ate Cheska or umiyak that time. Kasi sobrang, kahit ako sobrang proud po ako sa sarili ko na, na nanalo po kami. Extension inning din po siya. Kaya hindi din po madali talaga na ikaw lang isang pitcher pumukol ng isang game po. That was honestly one of my favorite games with the team. Both Anne and Sky had really crucial parts in that game. So Sky made this really clutch double play that saved us. And Anne's pitching was just amazing considering that, you know, that that year was also hard for her with injuries. It felt so good to be able to catch for her and see her like get through that game or that tournament. The Blue Girls fell short in the Super Round and the lone Asia-Oceania Olympic ticket eventually went to Australia. But it was still an iconic moment for the Blue Girls. Sobrang nakaka-proud after. Sabi ko sa sarili ko na, kaya ko talaga. O diba kaya ko? <laughs> Playing a relatively less visible sport means you get comments like, Ba't di ka nalang mag-basketball o mag-volleyball? Being a female athlete and playing a sport that requires you to be athletic and train under the scorching heat? Now, you have the added burden of body shaming and colorism too. When Sky went to the Philippines, she was also shocked that her teammates were all covered up at practice. And I remember asking them She asked, why are you guys wearing that? It's so hot. And her teammates told her, we don't want to get dark. 
It was odd for Sky, who grew up in Hawaii, where Filipinos are dark-skinned. But over here, the girls seem to think, we can't get dark, so we have to cover everything. That's true. The Filipinos would come in shorts, short socks, like sometimes tank tops or, you know, just the regular shirt. And here, we wear pants, long socks, long sleeves, caps, <laughs> covered up because <laughs> of the sun. Yeah, and it's always like the first thing people notice. They're always like, your legs are so big, like your shoulders are so broad. It gets to you, years of that. And hearing people saying like, don't get too dark. You know, maybe you should stop going to gym. Eventually, you just, you're just like, well, hey, I'm on the national team. I don't know about you, but I think it's fine. <laughs> Cheska once told me how people would compare them to female athletes in other sports and say that softball players were less feminine for being more muscular. Cheska said, Don't tell me my legs are too big when these legs have gotten me to where I am today. And it's true. The muscles, the skin color, and even the scars. These represent the years of hard work that these female athletes put in to excel at their sport. And how many times have we heard this story in our podcast? Haidelin Diaz, Jack Animam, the Philippines top athletes have all experienced body shaming and pressure to conform to a narrow mold, a literally narrow mold of what a woman is. So, for the record, it's way past time to stop telling them to tone down training just to fit society's standards of what a woman looks like. It's already hard enough to get people to play softball over here. And then, you know, you come in and you say, well, like the fields aren't the greatest. So when you slide, most of the time, maybe like 70% of the time, you're going to get a wound. Actually, when I was a kid, when I started, because grade 4, I was already hindi pa ako naglalaro before that. So, maputi po talaga ako. Tapos, nung nag-start po ako maglaro, misma yung mama ko na nagsabi na huwag ka na mag-softball, mag-volleyball ka na lang kasi iitim ka, matatamaan ka ng bola, magpapasa ka, ganyan din, ganyan. Pero ewan ko po, siguro nasa dugo ko na rin po kasi talaga kasi yung tatay ko naglalaro din po ng softball. So, kaya hindi ako napigilan ng mama ko. Nung ng college na, syempre, mas nagbubuhat po talaga kami yung pagbubuhat namin. Minsan, mas mabigat pa sa kilo namin. Nalalaki po talaga yung braso mo na kasabihan kanila, laki-laki ng braso mo, laki-laki ng hita mo, ganun. Tapos, wala, isasagot lang po namin. Eh, wala. Eh, yun yung sports na pinili namin. Kailangan namin magpalakas. Kailangan namin ipasolid yung muscle namin. Kasi doon, alam namin na doon kami lalakas. If given a chance to talk to young girls who are aspiring to play softball, but are being discouraged by others, here's what Anne, Skye, and Cheska have to say. Normal lang masakta, normal lang umitin, normal lang na matamaan ka ng bola. Part siya ng paglalaro ng softball. Una, hindi talaga siya ganun kadali. Pero definitely naman, time will come na mai-enjoy mo yung sports na yun. Na hindi mo na iisipin, oh, maitim na ako. Do whatever is going to make you happy. In softball, you get to be strong. Sky talks about what softball entails. Being strong and performing moves like fading, fielding, throwing, and running. Players have to be athletic. So Sky encourages young girls to go be athletes. Girls can play whatever they want. Be an athlete and play whatever you want. 
Sky said it very well. <laughs> Do what makes you happy, and if that's playing softball, then play softball. Being strong, I think, is very beautiful, and it gets you places. Not just in the sport, but in life as well. Just own it. The broad shoulders, the big legs, the dark skin, which I think is also a very nice tan. <laughs> It's okay to be better than the boys. To just be better than whoever it is that you're playing against. And it's nothing to be ashamed of. The Blue Girls have made significant strides in recent years. And they hope to see the Philippines continue its rise in the softball world rankings in the next decade or so. The pandemic may have halted the program, but just like other sports that are slowly trying to make their comeback, the Blue Girls would like to pick up where they left off. I really want the momentum to keep going and the program to continue. And I want to be able to train the next generation to have the current mindset that we have. So I feel like my job as a player is done. It's really time to pass on everything that I know to like the next generation and make sure that they're set up before I move on maybe. I'd like to see the Philippines win or like podium in the Asian Games and to make it into the top 10. The pandemic kind of put a halt in all of that because it's hard also to train the next generation when you can't train at all. And that takes years. It's been hard, but I still believe in the potential of the team and I'm happy that these two are still around. Sky is a senior now in the team. She has the experience now as a coach. There's a lot of things that she brings to the team and Anne is going to lead also the team and hopefully pass on everything that she knows to the next generation of pitchers. The Blue Girls embody the tagline we have here at Go Hard Girls. Breaking records, breaking barriers. They have dominated Southeast Asia for four decades and soon they want to conquer Asia and the world too. The Blue Girls are strong, resilient, and they continue to raise the Philippines flag despite the odds. They have no plans of stopping for the love of the sport and for the country. I don't think people realize the kind of sacrifices, especially like the. Sky talks about the sacrifices made by players who need to be away from their families for a long time, the dedication. And for Philam specifically, the pride of wearing the Philippine flag hits different. She thinks of all the blue girls who are driven to put the team on the map. And the fun she has had working with them, showing the next generation what winning is like to keep the momentum going. Sana makita po ng mga tao din po na yung hirap din po namin na ginagawa po namin yung best namin magpilat sa araw, magtraining araw-araw para po i-prove din po sa kanila na hindi lang din naman po yung ibang sports yung gustong i-represent yung Pilipinas po sa ibang bansa. Kami yung Blue Girls din po. Isa din po kami sa mga sports sa Pilipinas na inaangat po yung pangalan ng Pilipinas sa ibang bansa. Well, they both said it very well. But I would also like people to think that the team is very dedicated. We are a scrappy team. We're not the most organized. We, we're a mess most of the time. But we still pull through. Like, I think 
it's a mess, but we still have fun. We still get things done. We're still able to pull together and perform. 40 years of Southeast Asian dominance from a team that has been put on hold. A team made up of women who had to get creative just to have equipment and places to play. Women who refused to take no for an answer. Scrappy? That's too humble if you ask me. The Blue Girl's legacy is grit, courage, and power. You know, despite everything, like all the challenges thrown our way, we come out of it. I really feel like we represent the country really well. It would be nice to get that recognition because it's hard. It's hard to go through the daily training not knowing if the team is going to be still there the next year or even after a tournament or not. But we're still around. Like, you know, we're still here. I would just like the team to be remembered that way in the sense that we come through or we pull through. I'm Siege Dantenko, Puma Podcast. The Blue Girls just returned to the field for the round robin of this year's Canada Cup, where they won three games. They would have been headed for the Asian Games in September, but due to the pandemic, the games have been postponed, and a new date has yet to be announced. Cheska has retired from the team since we recorded our interview, but agreed to suit up for the Canada Cup until the Asian Games. However, she recently sustained an MCL injury, so we'll have to wait and see how that plays out. In any case, get well soon, Cheska. If you learned something new from this episode, share it with a friend who hasn't heard Go Hard Girls yet. And check out our previous episodes, too. You can also join our community of support for Philippine athletes. We're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and now TikTok. This episode was written by our producer, Charmy Leasing, and edited by Nina Toralba. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.